This is our second session on Ephesians 2, 11 to 13. And even though I'm going to only focus on one word in its context, I think you're going to find this addressing a very pressing problem for the human heart of the Christian. Therefore, remember, that's the word I'm going to think about, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember, he's picking it up now, remember. Remember that you were, at that time, separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But, even though at one time that was true of you, now, in Christ, it's not true anymore. You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So, the command here, this is an imperative, is to remember some pretty sad, devastating realities about our past life. Remember five things. One, no Christ. Two, no belonging to Israel. Three, no covenants of promise. Four, no hope. Five, no God. Remember that. Now, here's the question I want to pose. Wouldn't that be pretty discouraging to remember, remember, remember how bleak and godless and hopeless I was? Especially in view of this. These are the two texts that I've wrestled with repeatedly over the years. Paul says in Philippians 3, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. So he's trying not to give the impression that he has arrived at moral, spiritual perfection or completion. But rather, the Christian life for Paul was, I press on to make it my own. I'm going to lay hold on the fullness of Christ and Christianity and my own transformation because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So it's not as though Paul is in limbo wondering if he's going to make it in the end, but rather because Christ has decisively taken hold of Paul, he's going to decisively take hold of Christ. And then comes the key word. Brothers, I do not consider that I, have, that I have made this my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Now there's, there's the contrast with Ephesians 2. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize 
of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to know when it's right to do this and when it's right to do this. Remember, remember that you were separated from Christ. Remember that you had no hope, no citizenship, no promises, no God. Remember that. Never forget that. And then forget what lies behind. Well, all of that lay behind. So how are these texts not in conflict? How do they complement one another? What criteria would we use for forgetting and remembering? And I'm going to make a suggestion and then point to why I think that suggestion would be valid. I think it's pretty plain here, isn't it, that the forgetting is intended to help Paul run his race. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. I'm pressing on toward the goal for the prize. So the picture is I'm running a race. I can see the goal in front of me. The, the most deadly thing to do in that last sprint is to turn your head over your shoulder and see whether anybody's behind you. No, no, don't do that. Keep your head down. Fix it on the prize. Pursue the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's the picture. So this forgetting here is forgetting anything that would keep you from running flat out for the prize. It's a forgetting that would hinder, or you need to forget what would hinder, the memory would hinder the running of the race and the obtaining of the prize. Now, if we go back here, what's the point of this memory? The point of this memory appears to be to throw into starkest relief the but now. But now, in Christ, once you were separated from Christ, without Christ, and all these painful things were true of you, hopelessness, godlessness, promiselessness, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off in all those ways have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So the point is to intensify and clarify and magnify the newness of your experience in Christ. And Paul evidently thinks there is a way to remember these painful things that would make you love the blood of Christ more, make you exult that you were brought near now, make you glad that you're not far off anymore. In other words, this memory is going to magnify magnify grace and is going to intensify um, what? Joy, thankfulness, gladness that you've been brought near. So there's no necessary conflict, is there? Because this forgetting and this remembering 
are really intended to serve the very same purpose. Here, he wants them to see that uh, they've been brought near by the blood of Christ and that this is a glorious work of grace and they should feel more intense thankfulness for it. And here, he wants to forget anything that would keep him from fixing his eyes on the goal and intensifying and strengthening his love for the prize and his pursuit of it. There's another piece in this. Jesus said, remember, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So there's a, there's a looking back of a kind that I haven't mentioned, namely with desire, desire for the old. He also said, remember Lot's wife, Lot coming out of Sodom, and she looks back with longing for the old sinful ways, and she's turned into a pillar of salt. And Jesus is saying, if you're constantly looking over your shoulder at the sweetness or goodness of what you've left behind, you're not fit for the kingdom. So that's another kind of forgetting that would serve our future, namely forget the flesh pots of Egypt and look to the promised land. Now, one more comment. Why do I think that the purpose of this remembering here is really intended to intensify joy in our hope? Maybe God really is a God who likes to rub it in. No, he's not. He's not. And we, we know he's not because of Ephesians 2, 6, and 7. God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, here's the purpose of why God rescued us from all those negative things in our former life, so that in the coming ages, for ever and ever, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The goal of God in heaven is not to constantly bring to our memory things we regret in order to make us miserable with remorse. The goal of God in heaven is to show immeasurable riches of grace in kindness. And if you were to ask, are we going to remember the sins or the failures of this life? I would answer, only to the degree that it magnifies grace and intensifies joy.